Hello, this is Carl Hallecker, and welcome back to Book Chat. Today we have with us Rich Westcott, the author of Native Sons, Philadelphia baseball players who made the major leagues. Well, Rich, it seems like we've kind of batted around here because you're the first uh, returning author we have to Book Chat, so uh, double thank you for coming back. Oh, hey, it's my pleasure to be here. And uh, you were here previously when we were talking about your other book on baseball's 300-game winning pitchers, a phenomenon we're not likely to see too many of anymore, if I remember correctly. Uh, the book uh, right here, Native Sons, interesting title. Who are the Native Sons, and uh, how many of them have, have made it into the majors? Well, I, I went back basically to uh, the start of the 20th century, and there are in excess of uh, 350 players who I consider to be Native Sons. And uh, the way I made that distinction is uh, if you were born in the Philadelphia area, and that takes into uh, consideration not only the city of Philadelphia, but the four surrounding suburban counties, uh, four counties in nearby South Jersey, and uh, uh, northern uh, uh, Delaware, Newcastle County. They're my uh, native sons, and if you were born in any of those places, you qualify for this book. And if you don't, you weren't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't make it. Fine, well, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting uh, geographical area to pull from. Uh, in your book, you've come up with a, uh, an all-star Philadelphia area team and mentioned uh, quite a few uh, unique uh, facts about each player. Uh, can you maybe, instead of taking us through the whole team, maybe highlight on two or three of those key players who were uh, all-stars? Well, the, actually in that group there are four Hall of Famers. Uh, Reggie Jackson, of course, uh, uh, from uh, Cheltenham. Um, Goose Goslin, uh, another outfielder who's from Salem, New Jersey. Uh, then Herb Pennick, who uh, uh, was a pitcher from Kennett Square and incidentally uh, has a five and zero record in World Series uh, play. And uh, last but not least, uh, Roy Campanella, uh, three-time MVP and a catcher from uh, from Philadelphia. Fine, uh, that's uh, sure some uh, famous names and high caliber players. Well, there are some other good ones too. Mickey Vernon is, is one of those mm -hmm. and he's a two-time batting champion. Right. And a local favorite, Del Ennis. Mm -hmm. uh, one, of, one of my favorites, a pitcher, Bucky Walters. Uh, who was a three-time 20-game winner and an MVP. And, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Stanky in uh, second base, uh, and Jimmy Dykes at third. It's a pretty good team. Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, who was Buck Weaver, and how did he differ from the other All-Stars? Well, actually, he differed in several ways. First, I had Buck Weaver as a shortstop on this All-Star team. Uh, Buck Weaver was more note noted as a third baseman, uh, although he played more games at shortstop than he did at third, which was what gave me license to make him a shortstop on this team. Uh, aside from that, Buck Walters or Buck Weaver was a great player uh, who happened to be one of the uh, infamous Black Sox. And he was one of eight players who was accused of uh, throwing the 1919 World Series to Cincinnati. Uh, throughout his life, Weaver maintained his innocence and uh, tried to convince people otherwise, uh, unsuccessfully. But uh, he was a great player and probably would have been in the Hall of Fame if he had continued uh, on. And uh, uh, as it turned out, he was uh, suspended for life from baseball and uh, his career was cut cut short. Um, I'm just very curious, in regard to that scandal, do you think he probably was innocent and railroaded or is it just well, too hard to know or just to... Having not been there at the yeah. time, uh, I can't really tell you, but yeah. uh, you know, based on what he's always said, uh, he did not take any money, and he, he tried very hard uh, throughout his life to uh, convince 
uh, the baseball powers that uh, he he did not take any money, but uh, uh, he was un unsuccessful in doing that. So it's it's hard to say, really. Right. I, I hope to, I'd I like to think he probably didn't. Right. Yeah. Uh, baseball sluggers, of course, uh, they're among the most famous players in the game, getting the most attention. You talk about one slugger that we don't seem to know too much about, Harry Davis. Uh, why is that? Well, Harry Davis played long, long ago, of course, uh, early part of the century, and basically was the first home run uh, king of the American League, American League having been formed in 1901. Uh, Davis played for the Philadelphia Athletics back then, and uh, was the A's first team captain. Um, he also won the home run title four different times, uh, never hitting more than 12 home runs in any of those seasons, but uh, he was considered a, a, a slugger and a power hitter in that, in that day. And uh, I guess because it was so long ago and because he didn't hit that many home runs, uh, he doesn't get the recognition he probably deserves, uh, but he was a Philadelphia guy, went to Girard College, and had a long, distinguished career. Mm -hmm. Is he in the Hall of Fame? No, no. he's not. Okay. Uh, closer to home, a Norristown product, Roy Thomas. What about Roy Thomas? Well, Roy Thomas, uh, who, who spent many of his years with the Phillies, uh, came out of Penn and went directly into Major League Baseball with the Phillies. Um, <clears throat> Thomas had two particular uh, uh, points of distinction. One, he was a, an outstanding center fielder defensively. And the other was that he uh, was a very, very good leadoff hitter and, in fact, uh, led the National League in walks seven different times. Um, also led the National League uh, in runs uh, one year. I think he scored 130 runs that year. Um, and was a, was a very good player for the Phillies. He doesn't probably get the recognition he should, uh, but he was one of the, uh, uh, the better early Phillies and uh, uh, later became the head coach at Penn and, and also coached at Harvard College. It's a pretty uh, versatile career. It was. Uh, what made Pat Kelly so special? Uh, well, Cat, Pat Kelly was a, a very good player in his own right. Uh, fast, excellent defensive player. Again, another good leadoff hitter. Um, probably overshadowed by his brother, his brother being Leroy Kelly, who uh, is a Hall of Fame uh, running back from the Cleveland Browns and uh, uh, led the NFL in rushing several times. Uh, both gentleman went to uh, Simon Gratz uh, High School in Philadelphia. Uh, Pat was a, a fine all-around athlete uh, in high school as a, a football player, quarterback, basketball player, and baseball. Uh, but during his long career in the big leagues, he had a, a very successful uh, career and, and a, a very good hitter, hit, uh, I guess, 270 or so for a lifetime, and uh, uh, just, a, just an excellent player. And uh, what years did he play? Well, Kelly played uh, uh, 70s, uh, early 80s, primarily. Yeah. There were three particular catchers you talk about who stand uh, out as native sons who uh, made it big for the, oddly enough, one team. And it wasn't the Phillies, it was the Dodgers. That's right. Who were they? Well, interestingly, uh, over a 45-year period that ran from uh, basically the mid-40s uh, to the mid-90s, that's uh, it's 50 years, um, 29 of those years, uh, the Dodgers had catchers from the Philadelphia area, and that includes the Brooklyn Dodgers, and they were Roy Campanella, who was a three-time MVP, and then uh, Mike Piazza, Norristown's very own, uh, who, who, well, I, I'm sorry, I skipped one, uh, Mike, P, uh, Mike Socia in between uh, from Springfield, Delaware County, who, of course, uh, managed the uh, 
the uh, Anaheim Angels to the uh, World Series last year. Um, so those were the three, and uh, they they uh, kind of monopolized the Dodgers catching core for a good many years. Was it just um, luck, so to speak, or was there some kind of connection, some kind of pipeline feeding uh, local athletes to the Dodgers? Or? Well, I don't know. You know, uh, Campanella was a kind of an interesting story in that for years he tried to uh, get tryouts with the uh, two Philadelphia teams, the A's and the Phillies, and was pretty much rejected. And uh, Brooklyn, of course, at that time was... Uh, uh, in, in effect, uh, breaking the so-called color line. Jackie Robinson had joined them uh, the year before. So Campanella became the uh, third African-American player in, uh, in, uh, with Brooklyn. And uh, so he kind of, I guess, uh, migrated that way for that reason. Uh, Mike Piazza, of course, had a, a connection with Tom Lasorda, and uh, that led him to uh, uh, the Dodgers when they were in L.A. And then Mike Socia, I guess, uh, frankly, I don't know how he wound up with the Dodgers, but uh, I guess like uh, all these guys, he was heavily scouted and uh, drafted by the Dodgers, and, and so he went west. Right. Fine. You uh, share an anecdote in your book about what you call the bizarre career of Harry Sox Seabold. What was uh, so bizarre about his career? Well, w what was bizarre was... Uh, Initially, Sabold started out as a shortstop, and he reached the big leagues at that position. Uh, he wasn't much good there, so they quickly converted him to pitcher, and he had a pretty good arm. Uh, the trouble was, he wasn't uh, that good of a pitcher either, and he had uh, horrendously losing records uh, in his early years as a pitcher, and um, after a couple years, uh, dropped out of sight, left the big leagues, and uh, came back to Philadelphia, where he was from, and played the semi-pro ball for about 10 years. And then he suddenly resurfaced in the big leagues as a pitcher for the uh, Boston Braves and was a pretty good pitcher for them for several years. So it was kind of unusual that uh, he would be out of baseball, out of the big leagues for 10 years, and then all of a sudden come back. And come back and do well, too, even yeah, more unusual. Right. He pitched uh, uh, very well for a team that wasn't too good. Right. Uh, you were... Uh Mentioning the three catchers at the uh, Dodgers connection uh, question or two ago, and of course Mike Piazza was one of the superstars. You also talk about two other Philadelphia-rooted superstars who've made it big: Sean Casey of the Reds and Jamie Moyer of the Mariners. Uh, can you talk a little bit about them? Well, uh, of course, everybody knows who Jamie Moyer is, a uh, fellow from uh, uh, northern end of uh, Montgomery County, I guess. Uh, uh, who made it uh, big and, and lately has been a star pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, but uh, has had a long career and uh, has, has uh, I guess he's, Jamie is now about 40, and he's been in the big leagues for uh, a long, long time, pitched with uh, several other teams, but uh, has has uh, has come out of uh, uh, Sellersville, Soutertown area, and uh, pitched uh, uh, very excellently for, for many, many years. Uh, the other fellow is a bit of a surprise, Sean Casey, uh, first baseman with the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he is not normally associated with uh, being a native son having uh, or someone who's from the Philadelphia area. Uh, I found out he was born in Willingboro. Um, he didn't stay there very long. Uh, in fact, he, he moved as a, as a child to uh, western Pennsylvania where he basically grew up. But uh, we can claim his, him as a native son for, uh, by virtue of the fact that he was born here. Mm -hmm. right. Excellent. Uh, 
Of course, uh, a little while ago, we were talking about Buck Weaver and his uh, involvement in the 1919 Black Scott scandal. Were the, was there another, any more uh, Philadelphia connection between uh, here and the scandal itself? Yeah, Philadelphia had a very big connection with uh, the uh, Black Sox scandal of 1919. Uh, we mentioned uh, Buck Weaver. Uh, the manager of the, uh, the Black Sox, or actually they were known as the White Sox at that time, uh, was a man named Kid Gleason, who was from Camden. Uh, so that was another connection. And of course, they, uh, they, they uh, threw the World Series uh, without his knowing it, naturally. Uh, but that was a connection. Uh, then there was a man from Philadelphia who was a, a part-time boxer, a small-time boxer named Billy Maharg. And he was uh, one of the go-betweens uh, between the players and the gamblers. He had uh, himself played very briefly in the big leagues uh, as a player. And uh, he was uh, also involved. And then uh, another connection, a little bit more remote, Eddie Collins uh, was uh, second baseman for the uh, the White Sox and was one of the uh, honest guys who uh, who uh, uh, did his best try to to try to root this whole scandal out and uh, fought it and I guess uh, uh, obviously he didn't succeed but uh, Eddie Collins later uh, spent a good many years in in Philadelphia uh, as as uh, first as a player and then he came back and lived here and his son grew up in this area Eddie Collins Jr. who uh, was born in, in Lansdowne making him a local guy so there's sort of another connection it's a very very uh, close his, connection his son played in the big leagues too right. briefly I should add and uh, yeah. was for a time a, a front office executive with the Phillies interesting uh, managers with Philadelphia Roots have, uh, have also enjoyed some great success. Can you name some of those? Well, we have a pretty good uh, crew, uh, starting with Joe McCarthy, who managed back uh, in the 30s, 40s, uh, early 50s with uh, primarily the uh, New York Yankees, but also the Cubs and the Red Sox. Joe McCarthy, who's from Germantown, <clears throat> has the uh, highest winning percentage of any manager in big league history, and he's a member of the Hall of Fame. Uh, the next guy would be Tommy Lasorda, who uh, is from, of course, Norristown and uh, also has had a, an excellent record. Uh, and another, another guy uh, from Chester named Danny Murtaugh, who uh, managed the Pirates uh, f uh, four different times, actually. Well, between McCarthy, Lasorda, and Murtaugh, um, those three guys won a total of 15 pennants and nine World Series between them. So that's a pretty good trio right there. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Mike Socia uh, managed the Angels uh, to the World Series, so that's another uh, local guy. And uh, Dallas Green is uh, still another uh, local guy who managed the World Series team, namely uh, the 1980 Phillies. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a good, good group uh, at the top, and then there are good many others uh, after that who managed from the area. Altogether, 17 uh, Philadelphia area natives managed in the big leagues. That's a lot. We can always use a, another one, a native or not, who can come back here and manage the Phillies to another World Series. Well, hopefully they'll get there. Uh, right. Another uh, local connection is this is published by our friends at Temple University Press, who published your previous book, I believe, too. They've, they've done several of my books, yeah. Very good. It's nice to have uh, homegrown books uh, published by a homegrown publisher. Written by a homegrown guy. Right. There we go. <laughs> uh, you say, uh, uh, Rich, that, uh, interestingly, Pennsylvania has produced more baseball players than any other state except California. 
uh, you would think there'd be a uh, lot more maybe some of the warm weather states, but what do you attribute this to? Um, well, Pennsylvania has always been a kind of a baseball hotbed, and this has to go back to the 1800s. I mean, the first game and recorded game in Pennsylvania was played uh, in the 1830s. So this area has a, a long, long history of baseball and uh, uh, much longer than, than some of the warmer climate states who are uh, not, not as new or not as old as Pennsylvania. Um, so I think that's one thing. And of course, we've played baseball here longer than they've played in Arizona and other places we go way, way back. So that, that contributes. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, despite the weather, um, uh, baseball is a, is a game that uh, most kids uh, growing up, at least until recent years, played. Um, it's just been so popular. We've had two major league teams uh, throughout much of the time, and that's been sort of a, a model for kids mm -hmm. to uh, to follow. So there are a lot of conditions uh, that create that situation. But uh, basically, I think just uh, the fact that Pennsylvania is such a, a baseball hotbed uh, has, has been a large contributor. Uh, the Philadelphia area it's, uh, itself, though, you, as you tell us, has, has produced, uh, at least percentage-wise, relatively few African-American players. Why is that? Well, I think uh, uh, in, you, have to, you, you can only really count the last uh, half century because before that, uh, most African-American players uh, played in the Negro Leagues. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in the last half century, there haven't been that many uh, African-American players from the Philadelphia area, uh, and, and that is even more uh, uh, acute at this point. Um, uh, there just aren't the numbers uh, that you would expect, and one of the reasons I think uh, is that African-American kids uh, would probably rather play football or basketball than baseball. Um, those two sports are much higher on the popularity level mm -hmm. uh, of African-American uh, youth. Um, in terms of Philadelphia and the inner city, uh, I don't think the schools, uh, and this is not an original thought on my part, uh, but uh, the schools basically don't have the facilities for baseball. They don't often have the equipment. Uh, in some cases, they don't have the coaching uh, for these kids in the inner city. And so they're encouraged in a way to play other sports mm -hmm. uh, beside baseball. And I think this feeds into it too. Um, you, you have, uh, in the last three years, there have been 22 players from the Philadelphia area who made the big leagues. And of those 22, uh, not a one is a, an African-American player. One is Hispanic, uh, but no African-American. So I think this all feeds into the, uh, the existing conditions. Okay, another interesting segment of your book, you were talking about players who had Philadelphia roots, but we don't necessarily remember them as Philadelphians in a general, broader sense of the word. Can you talk about a couple of those? Well, I guess the classic one there is a fellow named Cal Abrams. And in 1950, in the last game of the season, uh, with the Phillies uh, needing to win to uh, win the pennant, uh, in the ninth inning with a score tied 1-1, Cal Abrams tried to score on a single by Duke Snyder, and Richie Ashburn threw him out at the plate, which preserved the tie, and, and ultimately the game went into extra innings, and the Phillies won uh, the pennant on Dick Sisler's home run. The irony here is that Cal Abrams, thrown out at the plate in this uh, huge, huge play, uh, one of the biggest plays in Phillies history, Cal Abrams was a Philadelphia native. And that's always something that most people don't know, but uh, 
uh, one of the great ironies of, of this uh, game. Another one I, I, I always got a chuckle out of was a guy named Ernie Padgett uh, in the 1920s uh, pulled off the first un unassisted triple play in the uh, 20th century playing for the Boston Braves. Uh, the triple play was against the Phillies. Well, as, uh, as you might expect by now, uh, Padgett was a Philadelphia native. So those are two uh, of a number of examples of, of uh, Philly uh, natives who, who came back and, and did something uh, extraordinary, and, and good, good or bad, at, uh, in games with the Phillies. Right. If I can ask you to uh, uh, look into a crystal ball a little here, and just your uh, opinion, do you think in the future years that uh, this area will be producing as many Native Sun major leaguers as it has in the past? Well, I think so, because if you go by the present numbers, and as I just said, 22 uh, players from this area in the last three years in the big leagues, uh, and some pretty noteworthy players, as, as we've already mentioned, and a few others like Bobby Higginson and Ben Davis and uh, Mike Koplov. I mean, this, this area is producing still some pretty good players. Uh, having said that, uh, that is countered by the fact that uh, uh, baseball is no longer every man's sport. Uh, kids are, are, are playing soccer and they're playing basketball and lacrosse and football and tennis, etc. And it's kind of directed a lot of the attention away from baseball, uh, as have other things like the internet and uh, video games and assorted other things. So it's not like it was long, long ago when the kids uh, would get up in the morning and play baseball all day and uh, you would see the playgrounds crowded with kids which you don't anymore right. so I you know th there is a trend kind of away from the popularity of baseball on a lower level but on this by the same token uh, the little leagues are still thriving the Babe Ruth leagues the American Legion leagues uh, the high schools there's some excellent high school programs in this area some good college programs so there is still a lot of baseball and to to summarize I think there will be uh, a continued production of baseball players from this area. All righty. Let me uh, just say, so we've, during a break, we were talking about, and you're working on some interesting projects at this uh, point. Can you uh, share some of those with us? Well, um, one is that I'm doing uh, uh, an update of the Phillies Encyclopedia, which will be a third edition, and that's uh, scheduled to, to come out at uh, the beginning of April. So that's a, a rather time-consuming project at this point because we're adding uh, 11 years from the last issue edition. The other thing uh, of, of note is that I'm involved with the uh, Phillies um, in helping to create uh, the permanent historical displays that will be uh, will be on display at the Citizens Bank Park. Um, and uh, I've been involved with uh, some people from the Phillies in helping to produce that stuff. And uh, tell you the truth, it's it's not just uh, uh, the historical part of the park, but uh, the park itself is is going to be magnificent. And uh, I'm really happy that uh, that Phillies history, as well as the athletics and uh, Negro leagues, uh, local Negro leagues history, will also be uh, given some attention. Yeah, it's 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 very important as. Uh trivial as some people may think it is. I mean, baseball history is a very important part of history because it can't be separated from the general thread of history at all. All right. Uh, Rich Westcott, thank you for joining us today on Book Chat. Your book, Native Sons, Philadelphia Baseball Players Who Made the Major Leagues, is an 
all the bookstores. I've seen it all over the place. Of course, we'll have a copy here at the library. And hopefully you'll come back and join us again when you finish your next book. Okay, I will. Okay, thank you. This is Carl Hallecker, and this has been Book Chat.